Welcome to Sunday with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark, joined on a football Wednesday by Lindsey Jones. Lindsey, training camp is here. Is it weird not to travel for you? Um, it is, although I ate oatmeal and a beef jerky stick for lunch today, which is like exactly what I would do if I was on the road covering training camp. So I'm kind of like there with you in spirit. None of this is sponsored. I've said this before. There's a hierarchy of meals I have. I can never eat in kind of the local... Uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, we're going to go to this barbecue joint or whatever. I don't have real time for that because I'm driving from city to city, especially at night. So it's really hard for me to eat well. So the hierarchy is, by the grace of God, there's a Panera off the side of the highway. I'm in. Free, wire, free Wi-Fi. Stay as long as you need. I wrote the Pickens piece from one. I drove three hours. Edited from a different one um, between Pittsburgh and, and the Greenbrier. And then combination of Subway and Starbucks would be the middle tier there because there's a lot of areas in the country where there's no Panera, but there's a Starbucks. So I'll get a sandwich there, get a coffee there. And then there's a sort of a, a third bucket. And this is the grimmest bucket. It's going to a gas station. So like, great example, the Minnesota to Kansas City Drive, going to a gas station and getting a Lunchable Cliff Bar combination meal and eating until I'm I'm no longer hungry. Yeah, I've been there. I used to always get embarrassed and like wonder that whoever was going to review my expense report was going to just be like really judgmental about how many days in a row I had Starbucks, Subway, Starbucks, Chipotle, or some combination of those. And I think between you and I, we probably could map out every single Panera within a five mile radius of every single NFL facility. I'll so if anybody needs that that uh, that skill, we got you covered. Well, the other thing is like random gas stations in like Latrobe. It's like, oh, I remember this one. I'm good. I've been here before. Like I've just I've been to Latrobe ten. Yeah, times there's like the life. sheets. It's right down right down the main road. Oh, there's the sheets. I was there the other day. Um, all right. So a couple things. Number one, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. The reason I was ten minutes late to the Zoom is that Nashville is on <laughs> Central Time. It really sneaks up on you because Cincinnati feels like it's on Central Time. Detroit. Um, Indy feels like it's on central time. None of it is. Nashville is. Who do we call to fix this? Is this a Biden thing? I mean, I live in the mountain time zone. I cannot help you with time zones. I mean, the I mean, the mountain time zone barely exists. There's one and a half teams on the mountain time zone. The half being Arizona. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All so right, the Super um, Bowl, they were on the correct time zone with us. It was great. And now they're back to Pacific time or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, how's training camp? I'm glad you're in Nashville. Spending more time with the Titans than anybody on the planet. Yeah, I was only supposed to do two days, but then I got a little more access today. So uh, three days with the Titans. What more could you ask for? Probably a lot of things, but that's a conversation <laughs> for, off, for offline. But, that, but that's fair. But we're I here like to talk about what we've learned. I like the Titans. I don't go downtown. There's too many bachelorette parties and bachelor parties and hunky tonks and all that stuff. That's just not. And also I just, we need to sit by the facility. So I don't ever see downtown Nashville, but it, it sounds great. I saw it a couple of years ago. It's all I needed to see. Um, all right. So we're going to do what matters in training camp. We have three each. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the state farm personal price plan can help you do just that. 
Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Let's just start with what you got. What's your number one? Yeah, should I start on the downer note here? I mean, I think what, you know... No, to, to, no, no. Let's start on the upbeat, on the upbeat. We can't transition to from Panera's to bad news. All right, well, let's talk about, like, day 18 of the Sean Payton... Oh, my God. Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers news cycle, because that has been the gift that has been giving day after day after day after day. And we don't need to, like, rehash everything that, you know, Sean Payton said, but... So much we we're here now, what, 10 days into training camp or so, mm-hmm. where you know, you really kind of just get into the like routine play by play, and somebody sprained an ankle and somebody made an awesome one-handed catch. So it's really fun when something pops, when coaches are calling each other out and talking about bro code and um Aaron Rodgers is getting in the mix. So um, kudos to uh, our friend Jarrett Bell at USA Today for kicking this whole thing off. Our buddy. Um but you've been around the league, like you've been at a bunch of places. Like, what are guys saying in other buildings about the Sean Payton, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett feud? So they can't stop talking about it. Um, the number one thing is why there's all sorts of theories on why Sean said what he said. A lot of guys asked me, like I would know if he thought he was off the record. Um, I don't believe he did. Um, and I don't, his, think and his Jared, follow-up Jared, comments were not yes. indi- indicative that he thought he was off the record. No, but the only thought is if he thought that, and then he just was just like, eh, I said it might as well keep going. But I don't think, I mean, Jared is one of the best journalists and most upstanding guys in this business. So that's, that, that part was not a concern, but, but a lot of guys were just like, what? And also a lot of guys don't know who wrote, a, who wrote a particular yeah. piece. They just see it on pro football talk or whatever. Right. Um, so that was the first reaction. And then there was, a, there was a, there's a divide between and sometimes some guys believe both of these things that it was super calculated and oh what a maestro always becoming bill parcells right in front of our eyes and like he's just sort of freelancing and saying whatever's on his mind right and some guys said both of those things at once and so for me uh i think we probably gave him a little too much credit um in that somehow he had this mapped out that he was going to be do some super genius psychology thing with russell wilson um, but on the other hand, a couple of things. I had a coach say to me the other day, an assistant, he said, you know, part of the problem with what he said was, what's, what is anyone gaining from this? Because you can just surmise from what happened that Nate, Nate Hackett yeah. sucked. And also, yeah. Nate, it's not like Nate Hackett's in Jersey right now thinking like, that was the best year of my life. I crushed it. I got fired after 10 games. Uh, it, what a great, what a great job by me. I got railroaded like that. No, 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 no. Hackett knows what he did. Broncos fans know what he did. Russell Wilson knows what happens. They hired a, whatever the hell it was, big decisions coach, like halfway through the season because Hackett couldn't make decisions. It was embarrassing. People were counting down in the stadium over what was, over the play clock because everyone was making fun of him. Like, we're good on on Hackett criticisms. So we didn't need to say it. And then this idea that, again, it's just like some, like, oh, he's putting the, he's, he's putting the pressure on Wilson or taking the pressure off Wilson. Like, I've heard all the, Aaron Rodgers is always trying to brace for a fall. And then people are saying, no, 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 no. It's the exact opposite. He's saying that there are no excuses. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think that he took shots at people in the building who were still there in a way that you want to talk about a distraction. 
he's the dis- I, I, again i'm i'm not a big yeah i'm more, not a big distractions guy the more important guy. feud is not nathaniel hackett versus it's sean, sean payton, payton versus the guys payton. he named and and yeah training staff pr staff i mean there were a lot of people he took shots at and that's to me is yeah. the biggest thing like if i gave an interview and i was just like you know what the two things really i'm just not getting right now good co-hosting and editing and then you would make it be like what wow yeah yeah you'd be like that's a little weird and i'd be like well no i was taking a shot at at you know sports illustrated it's like no 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 no. i don't think so i don't think so i think you're taking a shot at me so i i think the whole thing i think we're all giving him at once too much credit and not enough credit um for, for what he's actually doing. If I worked with him right now and he named me, I'd be very upset. But you know what this also is? Here's what I think it is. Everyone's saying, oh, he's a genius with Russell, blah, 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 blah. What he's doing is, if he meant what he said, he's establishing dominance of the organization and saying, this is me. I'm going to do whatever I want to yes. do. And this is one thing when people were talking about the Dallas job and saying, oh, Sean Payton's going to go to Dallas. Jerry Jones is going to write a blank check. Somebody said this to me and I'll never forget it. They said, one thing that, that Sean loved about New Orleans is ownership was not involved. Ownership was not in the room. They were involved in high-level decisions, but it's not like they were sitting there saying, when is Michael Thomas coming back? And Lord knows you don't want to be asking when Michael Thomas is coming back. But in general, um, that, was, that was a state of play. And so somebody was saying to me, like, oh, all of a sudden, Sean Payton's going to want to watch film with Jerry Jones on Monday. By the way, he's been in Dallas. He knows how this works. Bill Parcells already did it. So what I think the Sean Payton thing was, was him establishing that this is his organization. Even if you're still there, you're on notice because you're not Sean Payton. Um, and I think that it's it's going to be interesting to see. Like I heard, I heard a great take earlier this week. I forget who said it. That like they're actually encouraged by this because it means he's not going to kind of do an Urban Meyer mail-in job. Like he's in, he's in for a penny in for a pound in Denver right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, all I want to take from it are a couple of my other takeaways. One, like this is kind of who Sean Payton is. Like this is a guy who would make like neck choking gestures to opposing players from the sideline. Like mm-hmm. he is a pretty good troll, right? Like he's not afraid to be expressive and say things and take shots and run his business, run his organization the way that he wants to. Um, it probably will scare other coaches from like saying interesting stuff, but I want more coaching feuds. Like the NFL misses that. We miss the Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, Ness of it. Jim all. Schwartz. We, well, he's still around. I mean, no, he, I'm saying, but but Jim they, Harbaugh, and Jim Schwartz had a yeah, thing. That was a, was that they a all had things. They all they all had things. But you know, I think I, I would like some more coach on yeah. coach uh, violence, physical or otherwise. I just, it was just so funny to see like a hundred people rush to just say that Sean Payton is playing 5D chess here. And it's like, can we just relax and just figure out? Also, like he apologized. He was just like, ah, yeah, shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have said it. We want that one back. But if there was some modicum of, of, of thought going through his mind when he was saying it, I don't think it was, I'm a super genius. Watch me, watch me cook. Well, I'm really, I'm just really happy for you that as you've been and going from city to city that you've had something really fun to talk about other than like, how's that right guard looking? Off season, yeah. I'm a big right Look guard at his pad question level. asker. Yeah. I ask everybody about their vacations. I'm a big vacation guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't even take summer vacations. I'm grinding. 
Um, but other guys do from the June, late June, they love it. And then they get to tell me about their beach house in North Carolina. Yeah, I like to learn banks. about rich people and they're how they big live. outer, they're all huge outer banks guys. Yeah. Mallory, Mallory Rubin is a big outer banks person. I think she was got, got married there. So maybe she, she could run into a number of assistant coaches. Um, all right. So anything else on Sean Payton? I mean, look, does this, does this impact anything about the jets? It could be a nice rallying point for the jets, I guess. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think it just reinforces what we already kind of know that Aaron Rodgers is kind of running the show there. And it's just like his buddies and the people that he really likes. And like, yeah, he loves Nathaniel Hackett. And Nathaniel Hackett can be everybody's favorite coach. The guy you want to go have beers with and watch Star Wars movies and stuff. Doesn't mean he's a great coach. It still doesn't answer my questions about like, what does a Nathaniel Hackett offense look like? How is he going to fare as a play caller? Is he going to be able to get plays in? to Aaron Rodgers this year. I think I still, you know, I don't feel better or worse about the Jets. After yeah, this. again, I don't, he didn't, Sean Payton did not tell me anything I didn't know. Right? It was an embarrassment. Just, it, was, it was the worst coaching job outside of Urban just, Meyer that we've ever what, seen. What Sean Payton did was just give like the median post, on, like a comment on like broncoscountry.com. That's what that was. That was just like AI did an impression of a message board poster about from you know broncos fan 420 and and just went from there so that's it good Good. all right let's let's Um, move on all right so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do george pickens hype which i didn't know so i started it and then george pickens stoked the flames by having an insane catch uh on i don't even know what day it is tuesday it's wednesday now on tuesday um where he bullies joey porter jr um, the day before he had, there's some certain consternation over here. It, it, there, there was some debate of whether, whether or not he snatched Joey Porter's chain or Joey Porter Jr.'s chain fell off in the course of George Pickens alphaing him. Um, but it came off and he had to, Joey Porter had to give it to a trainer. Um, but so th- there were some video breakdowns that sounds like maybe it was an incidental chain pull. Let's put that aside. But then they've got a nice little rivalry in practice, and Pickens makes this insane catch um, that, I, I, frankly, I've seen a bunch in practice. And the reason I wrote the piece I wrote, and you can read it on The Ringer, uh, it's an interview we sat down over the weekend. And, um, like, I was there last year around this time, and the team wasn't very good, wasn't a lot of talent outside of the guys we know in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett was still finding himself. And, and by the way, I don't think if you just watch Kenny Pickett in practice, you probably have a different viewpoint of him than if you've seen him running a two minute drill. And I think I saw a quote the other day that was like his moxie and toughness are the best part of his game and the kind of the intangibles. I generally agree with that. When I was watching him in practice last year, it took a long time to get up, get his, get the ball out. Um, shuffling his feet a lot, Feel, felt like he was hesitating last year. So that this is all to, to prop up George Pickens in practice last year. The only thing that got me engaged when I was watching the Steelers offense last year, and he was mostly running with Trubisky, by the way, was seeing George Pickens dominate people. And he was a rookie, and he was talking trash, and he was going up and getting passes he shouldn't. And I'm watching the Steelers offense that I was totally unenthused about this time last year. And I was saying... I can't keep my eyes off watching George Pickens out, out, in, out in space, right? So fast forward a year, this team is much improved. Kenny Pickett has established himself as, at least in the short term, the guy. 
And George Pickens is still the alpha of practice. And the ceiling and the, and the floor have been raised on both those things, both the Steelers and George Pickens, and they're rising together. And Pickens only had 801 yards last year. But he led the NFL in contested catches, which, by the way, since PFF has been charting at most contested catches by rookie ever, um, second in the NFL in completion catch rate over expectation, which basically means he catches passes he shouldn't. Um, a bunch of different metrics basically say that he's he's got a catch radius that's just insane. Uh, Patrick Peterson told me that he reminds him a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins from a trajectory standpoint. He's not there yet, but like. I think we're going to see more and more George Pickens highlights. And those just feed on each other because what happens is, as you know, not every play is recorded, right? Like in, in training camp. But every George Pickens play is probably going to be recorded going forward because of what he's capable of. And this, the, the gentleman who filmed that the other day from the stands went totally viral. There's an incentive there. I think this is going to get more hyped before it dies. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I do remember the like kind of the building George Pickens hype last year and trying to kind of like, not get too excited personally because it's happened over and over where you go to training camp, especially early in camp where there's a lot of one-on-ones and there's always like a rookie receiver who just will pop like, because he's maybe he's going against, you know, other rookie DBs or he's going against guys who aren't going to make the team. And, um, you know, it, it happened here in Denver a lot, like practice, you know, Cortland Sutton, I think a couple of years ago, it was like, holy shit, this guy's winning every single one-on-one. And then the reality is, is that it's really hard for rookie receivers to break through, to have those. And that's why when we had like a, you know, the, some of these recent guys, Justin Jefferson, you know, kind of have these like epic rookie seasons that it really is rare because it's really, really hard to do. But Pickens is now on that like second year trajectory. And um, it's one of my favorite things is to like spend a couple days at a camp. And I love that you, when you do the story, you try to go to a couple practices with a team because once you see, like you can see a guy have a good day, right? But when you see a, a certain player stack day after day after day, you kind of get it in the back of your head of like, oh, there's there's something here. And you, you hear people talking and um, it's always fun to just kind of find those guys that are on the verge, you know, the verge of the breakout season. Yeah, I mean, and and there's guys where it's the opposite. Like, there's not a lot of hype right now about J- Jackson Carmen in Cincinnati. It's not looking good. Um, I didn't, you know, I watched Deshaun Watson and, and at the Greenbrier, and I didn't necessarily love what I saw. And then talking to the Beats, it sounds like his red zone stats. And let me tell you something. I'm going to get angry for a second. Stat keeping in training camp is not only a sicko exercise, and I know why <laughs> Beats do it, but a lot of the stuff is meaningless. And number one is touchdowns. Because I saw this the other day where, and I used, there are a couple, George Pickens did this, by the way, but the play is basically dead. Nobody's wearing pads. You can't tackle anybody. And guys will just run an extra 20 yards just to score a touchdown and get the crowd Hooping and hollering. Okay. Kenny Pickett did it. George Pickens did it. A couple other folks did it. The, the, what gains you a touchdown is the effort of saying, I'm going to run an extra 20 yards, even though all these guys around me who aren't wearing pads would have tackled me if had this been normal. I'm slicing and dicing the Steelers secondary right now. Like that's, that's what you're, you're trying to tell the, the, the crowd. And 
it, it makes no sense. And I cannot believe people are like, oh, nice touchdown from so-and-so. It's like, no, 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 Like this oh, is- Oh, and, and like as someone who like had to chart a lot of like quarterback battle, like really sad quarterback battles in my uh, my days of the post-Peyton Manning era Broncos, um, you know, you kind of get in this thing of like, oh, Brock Osweiler was seven for 12 and six for six in the red zone. He was never six for six in the red zone. Um, no. But you kind of get in these things and- what I always find actually be useful and like the way that I will sometimes watch practice is I don't, you don't watch the end of the play necessarily. You're not watching like who ran the extra 10 yards for the touchdown. You're watching how are the defensive coaches reacting on the sidelines or offensive assistant coaches or whoever it might be, because then you know who actually won the drill. If, if it was, you know, if they did what they were supposed to do, if the defensive coach, if the DB's coach is really fired up, you know, that like the, 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 his guy was in position to make the play that he was supposed to make, even if the receiver ran 10 yards after. So that's my little tip. If you're out there watching training camp is yes, it's fun to watch the players, but if you want to know who actually is like rising or falling or doing what they're supposed to do, watch the assistant coaches. Okay. So all this to say is that I watched uh, Deshaun Watson at the Greenbrier and I didn't love what I saw. Having said that, let me qualify this. I don't want this to get aggregated and people say, Oh, 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 Karen Clark said this from the Greenbrier. It was a off, it was a getaway day practice. It was shortened, and I think they were working on some different stuff. Okay, but in talking to some people there, the number one thing that keeps popping up is that Watson's struggling in the red zone, which is timing, tight window throws. I saw a video before I got there of uh, Martin Emerson Jr., who, by the way, is the cornerback who got sunned by George Pickens last year in that that incredible catch. Um, he had a red zone interception. So all, I've seen a bunch of headlines basically on the defense is winning in red zone right now. And maybe the Browns, maybe the Browns defense is just, just unbelievable. Maybe they turn into the 2000 Ravens. Great. But it they seems just like Jim the Schwartz. timing. That's the, uh, I think, <laughs> I think back the, to Jim Schwartz. so there were some, some folks who said that the difference is night and day from last year, but I also don't think we're going to see 2020 Deshaun Watson um, early in the season. So um, that's, that's my, um, those are sort of my, my couple of practice observations. Um, I think that that's, it, it's, it's hard to glean from one or two days, but it'll be interesting to see, um, especially in Cleveland and that division. I mean, I, people keep asking me about the AFC North, a couple of people asked me, can all four teams win the division? And I was like, maybe, yeah, but like, they're probably going to, sorry, can all four teams make the playoffs? Excuse me. And I said, yeah, but like, they're going to beat each other up generally. And the AFC East has the same exact situation where if the worst team in the AFC East is an improved Mac Jones, Bill Belichick team, like with the offensive coordinator now, uh, then I don't, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like that's, it's just going to be a math problem at some point. So I think there's going to be some really good teams in the AFC who just don't make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's assuming some pretty significant improvements on both sides of the ball for Cleveland. I think it's, Assuming that, that I, I mean, I feel like if Joe Burrow is healthy and I want to hear more, a little bit more about yeah. the bang, I want to transition into that a little bit, but like if Joe Burrow is healthy, I think that's the best team in that division. Although the Ravens defense tends to play them very, very, very well. And I think those games are going to be really close, but I don't, I'm not looking at the division as like the super division. I'm backing off of that no. after everything we did with the AFC West last year. Yeah, no, there are no more super divisions because we thought, well, even, so here, here's my problem with the Browns in general. So let's say Deshaun Watson is much improved 
probably, probably still best case, unless he literally returns to 2020 Watson immediately in September. Best case is he's the third most productive quarterback in the division. And is that roster good enough? I don't think so. For, to, to overcome that, I don't think so. So I just, that, that's, that's the problem for me is like, and everybody was heading up the Broncos last year, kind of the same thing where it's just, okay, Russell Wilson is still like, great. I'm glad you raised the ceiling. You probably have the third best quarterback in the division. Yeah. I think that's, that's the most important thing. All right. Um, so let's, you, you mentioned Joe Burrow. So I saw him literally with my own eyes. I didn't see him play, but I saw him with my own eyes. Uh, I think it was reported. I think I can say this. It's really hard, by the way, just so the listener knows, like, I don't know what we're at training camp allowed to say and what's not allowed to say. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, it's not, he's not out on the practice field. So you can see this. He was not, he looked fine. He looked like he was, it wasn't like he was jogging around, but he didn't look like death. Um, and he wasn't in like a boot or on crutches or anything like that. No, that you could well, see. I, I, maybe a boot. Um, I honestly, literally, I don't know. Please don't, please don't aggregate me on that. Like a, a brace kind of thing, right? <laughs> Kevin um, doesn't know footwear. That's the takeaway. No, 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 no. I didn't, the takeaway I, he didn't look like he was, he didn't look like he was in, you know, going in and out of the hospital here. Okay. Like it looked like he looked okay. All right. And this time last year, I saw him and he did not look okay. He'd had appendix surgery. He had lost a ton of weight. Um, and so I think in both cases, he's generally going to be fine. Um, he was last year, but it took him a while. It took him a long time to get that weight back up. It took him a long time to get that, that vision back up and that rust. And one of the things he said to me two years ago, uh, if you remember, he had the ACL. He comes back. He has an awful training camp. He said, essentially, you know, I think it's no secret that the vision is his best attribute processing. And he said that he was just seeing a wall of people and because it's his, his eyes hadn't gotten sharp. And so um, it's, it's going to be, um, I, I think he's going to be okay early in the season. I think it, there might be like last year, a couple of games where it takes him, if he misses the entire preseason, it takes him a couple of weeks to get back up to speed because the sharpness and the vision and, and his eyesight is so important. And seeing 21 people in front of you and not knowing who is who like that matters. Um, so maybe there's, there's some rust there, but I think that I, I know you can't a calf and an appendectomy are two very, very different things, but man, this time last year, he looked a lot worse than he looks now. It's also, yeah, I mean, well, wait, wait, real quick nugget. He's jacked. Which the he wasn't of, last year. The ladies of TikTok are going to be really excited to hear that uh, Joe Burrow is kind of yoked. I didn't. I saw him in the locker room yesterday, and I was just like, "Wow, he's wearing a tie dye shirt and look look jacked." I don't know what to tell you. That's that's gonna that's the thing that's gonna go viral. It's not gonna be whether he was wearing a boot or not. Sorry to uh, uh, sorry to let you know that, but um, you know, I, it's not ideal, right? That he's missing another training camp. Um, I will say the good news is that, I mean, this time last year, they also were going through massive changes on their offensive line. Um, it was like almost an entirely new group that he was working with um, heading into the 2022 season. This year, the group, I mean, the, the personnel around him is not completely overhauled. I mean, he's got a new tackle in Orlando Brown, but like he knows the receivers. The offense is the same. So, you know, hopefully this will be a short-term injury and in that, mm -hmm. you know, we get to week one and we're talking about you know, maybe he's just shaken off a little rest and maybe he's limited a little bit in practice. Um, there is, it's also the time of year where they the reaction is like, there have never been this many injuries in training camp. Everybody is getting hurt. What's going on this year in the NFL. And there have been a 
a handful, right, of like notable injuries. What are the ones like I'll, I'll run through a couple and you tell me how much you think they they matter, right? Got Jalen Ramsey, in Miami, uh, meniscus surgery, mid to late season return. Where do you put that on the this is a story that matters? Scale? It really matters yeah. because, first of all, the whole thing with Miami is how much talent's on their roster now to go with the great coaching of Mike McDaniel and the improved quarterback play. And we hope to is healthy the entire season. And Jalen Ramsey is a huge part of that. And so to take him out of the equation, like you start chipping away. Again, I already mentioned the AFC East. At some point, your roster becomes worse than the Jets, and they have Aaron Rodgers. At some point, you know, even starting, you're already starting from a position, position of having a worse roster, generally including quarterback, than the Buffalo Bills. The New England Patriots still have Bill Belichick, and as I said, they have an offensive coordinator this year, so he raised the ceiling. Like that, when you when you start to go, I'm not saying all in. I think that that era is over. But when you start stacking talent, and then you start taking that talent away, the equation changes. It's a massive thing. My heart dropped when I saw that, not because I care about the Dolphins, but because. I wanted to see a Dolphins team operating at maximum efficiency because Mike McDaniel is amazing. And that team with the talent they have on defense should be awesome. I mean, these guys won't even talk about like Jalen, Jalen Phillips, like guys, there are dogs on that defense. And to not have Jalen, uh, Jalen Ramsey for half the season, even though George Pickens doesn't think he's very good um, to not have Jalen Ramsey for half the season's massive. Well, I do hope that, you know, while he's recovering from his surgery, he was able to read your article. Because I'd like Jalen Ramsey to be able to fire back. I've not heard, one thing that I have not Jaylen heard Ramsey from Xavier or Jalen Ramsey. Is that, uh, from Xavier Howard or Jalen. Reshare it and tag him. Yeah, that's, that's what you got. That's what you got to do. Um, all right, a couple of these other, um, a couple other injuries. Um, Cooper Cup, hamstring. Yeah. So unfortunately, this is the opposite of that, which is that feel for him, and I hope he's better. I, I'm not exactly gonna wax poetic about the talent on that roster. I'm, I'm not exactly going to yeah. tell you that the Rams need to be operating at maximum efficiency and my heart breaks for them. Like they know what they are. And you start to get into people keep going back and forth from this and people, I like that. And maybe I, I probably did this one a couple episodes ago. So don't throw this back in my face. Everybody who keeps floating the Rams as a Caleb Williams team acts like they just discovered like an Island, an uncontacted tribe or something. They're just like, Hey, I, well, I have this thought. What if the Rams are a Caleb Williams team? Well, yeah, no shit. Like everybody's been talking about this because they're they have a bunch of bartenders on on the two deep. Like, but that's not that's probably not how McVeigh is wired. But on the other hand, if every bunch of people get hurt, they could just start trading guys and they accidentally become a tanking team. I don't think they're going to go. I think the teams like the Cardinals are are going to be much more eager to not even threaten to win. Um, but if you start losing guys, then you just become a Caleb Williams team by, by accident. Um, all right. I'll throw one more injury in there. Um, Tim Patrick in Denver and also KJ Hamler in Denver. Um, yeah. neither of those guys kind of rise to the level of like a Cooper cup, but they're all of a sudden their wide receiver room is uh, a little bit in disarray or a lot different than it was or what they were counting on a couple weeks ago. I feel awful for Tim Patrick yeah. to have two straight training camps. He's many injuries. Awful, awful, awful. I'm, I'm, I'll throw it back to you because you're the Denver expert. I was going to, uh, I was going to try to do a pun, but I can't. Um, Denspert. I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Um, like what are the actual expectations for this team? Like are those are Hamler and Patrick, if they have them, are they supposed to be competing with the chargers or something? Yeah. I mean, I think I, the expectation I think is that the 
like the too deep is pretty good. Um, the overall depth chart, not great. And they were the most injured team in the NFL last year. And it really started when they lost some of these receivers, when the kind of, there was like an epidemic during camp and Tim Patrick kind of kicked it off. Hamler was a guy who was kind of going to be on the bubble. I mean, they really drafted his replacement this year, uh, third round, the kid from o- the receiver from Oklahoma. Um, what they really missed with Patrick last year is that he's like a really good possession guy does not drop balls, really trusted on third down, good in the middle, kind of those short intermediate parts of the field. And he's like the most, he's like the meanest, borderline dirtiest guy they have on the team. And I think at times they really needed that and missed that. Um, You know, I just think there was a lot of reality that hit last year, right? Like this is not a team or a franchise that's anywhere close to competing with the chiefs to like actually win stuff. I think now there's a lot of people in the city that if the Broncos are in the wild card hunt come late December, that's pretty good. I think there'll probably be people disappointed if they don't get one of those spots. Um, there's also this bar of like, could they just beat the chiefs one time? And I do think there's a sense that like, if you start removing pieces and you start removing pieces the last week of July because of injuries that there's like a, Oh no, here it goes again. And this team just isn't deep enough to compete. So that's why something with like a guy, a guy like Tim Patrick, like a guy that you were really counting on to, you know, be your number three and be like a really strong, strong contributor. It just, you know, starts, starts that snowball of like, maybe it's going to be a lot harder to make progress than you thought. The Raiders are going to be so bad. Just awful. I was just going by earlier this afternoon trying to like read about what's going on in Raiders camp and it doesn't seem great. Was that was a Max Crosby Garoppolo scuffle I saw? Probably. I yeah, probably I don't know. I just saw the headline. I'm not clicking on anything with the Raiders. If they didn't get if they if if the headline was actually that they're just like best friends, I apologize. Um, but that's that's the headline I saw briefly. Um Josh McDaniels is the most pre-fired guy right now, right? Just like feels like like we're I, I feel this way. I think somebody said this once, and I think about the time with like Jeff Fisher, where it's like you're watching him, and the whole time he just feels fired. Like we're going to be looking back on it. Like Steve Martin used to talk about nostalgia for the present, where you're just like so in the moment, you're just like I'm going to be looking back on this as like a, as such a highlight of my life. With coaches, you're like I'm watching Jeff Fisher, and I'm just like this guy's so fired, and I, I'm lucky to see him on a sideline right now. And I feel like J- Josh McDaniels is there right now. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but just like, God, that Ross, the roster is just really bad. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, oh, I, I don't want to. Oh, oh, who's responsible for that? Josh, Josh and his buddies. Josh and his buddies. Um, I know the, uh, the, the, uh, the, excuse me, the Raiders beat writers have started doing the, like, anytime there's any sort of roster move, you do the, like, how does he know Josh? What's his relationship mm. to the Patriots? Um Although that's happening a lot of places. Apparently the, the commanders are signing a lot of like ex-chiefs guys that uh, Eric Bieniemy or is familiar with. But yeah, it happens all the time. And that's why every time we hear, we've heard for a decade, oh, Josh McDaniels learned from his mistakes. No, he didn't. Watch his actions. No, he didn't. About that. Oh, uh, here's that. They, they got chippy. They got spirited. They got in the confrontation, depending on which headline you believe. Jimmy doesn't get spirited not, about anything. I would not want to get in a conversation with Max Crosby. Yeah, I think we know who won that. We don't. We don't need to read the rest of it. Wait, I'm looking. I just want to look at other pre-fired guys. My only, my only thought 
I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to be pretty good. If it's a complete implosion, you never know with Robert Sala. Just a complete implosion. You know, he's had left some meat on the bone a couple times. Awful quarterback play that gets fixed. I'm just saying with heightened expectations come increased consequences if it's a total disaster. A hack. Would that be amazing if Hackett became interim coach? Um, I mean, yeah. And in time I, for I week four, but they else. play the Broncos. I don't, I don't believe, obviously McDermott just got an extension. I think there were Bills fans calling for his head. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, if the Browns have a disaster, can't rule it out. Yep. Uh, nobody else in the ASU North. Um, what about, uh, what about Brandon Staley? Oh, without a doubt. I'm just going through the divisions oh, right now. Without question. a doubt. Brandon Staley is, is, he's not pre-fired. Only Josh McDaniels is pre-fired. Staley's still got a chance, but uh, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not good. That's not going to be good. Um, McCarthy, obviously, if there's an implosion, um, Ron Rivera. Honestly, I really like Ron Rivera. He seems pre-fired because of the Josh Harris thing. Don't know what else to tell you. Um, Commanders camp. Speaking of like camps, you just follow along on Twitter. It's been the weirdest vibes to just watch it because all the beat writers, all they're doing is sharing like pictures of like how full the stands are and Kevin yep. Durant is there and how exciting and like the vibes are so good and like Tutty is dancing and um, and then all of a sudden they drill start and it's like woof, Sam Howell. <laughs> so, this quarterback competition is depressing. NFC North feels fine. Uh, I don't think, I don't, th- but the only thing I could think is if, if the bears have some sort of disaster, but I don't really think that I'm just throwing things out. I, I don't, I think everybody's safe. No, I think they change quarterbacks there before they change. If everything goes off the rails. Well, no, but also, I don't know. I think fields is running as such that he's, he's got a, a really high floor and they're going to be, they should be able to win some games with the increased talent. So I'm, I think that they're going to row in the right direction. Tampa Bay, uh, Wolf, you, you, if they're a Caleb Williams team, maybe they just, they just hit the ejector seat and, and start over again. Uh, would watch New Orleans just in case, just in case, just in case. Uh, Atlanta, I think, is going to be fine just the way that they're building it. Um, and then Arizona. What if Jonathan yeah, Gannon I put, becomes I put Jonathan Gannon Smith? on that list. Well, what, no, what if he becomes Lovey Smith? What if they just like go one and 16 and they go, oh man, remember that strategy we had to not win a lot? Well, congratulations, you did it. You're fired. You never know. We, we tampered with you and. Lost draft picks to get you one and done when we didn't have to camp. when we could have just waited two weeks. Um, no, what a, I mean, there's a couple holdouts, like which holdouts matter. Zach Martin, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, yeah. which ones matter here? Um, so the guys uh, respectfully, respectfully, the guys who are not running backs matter. So Zach Martin matters a lot. And you mentioned Bosa, like those are two teams who are trying to win and they're incredibly important. Like to that whole deal. The Jonathan Taylor is meaningful for the running back cause, but number one, he could show up on September 8th or whatever the hell the day one is before the season and be totally fine. Um, as long as he's in shape, which I think he is. Uh, number two is the Colts are not good and they're not going to be good. So I just don't, I'm, I'm not sitting here being like, whoa, I'm a. Um, and then Josh Jacobs, I mean, like it, he might be the interim coach by the end of the season. Like, I, I just don't, I don't have much, I don't have much for you. Um, and so for me, it's, it's Martin Bosa and Chris um, Jones and Chris Jones. Absolutely. Um, same deal. Exact same deal. It's like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see their units without all three of them. Absolutely. And I encourage all the teams to get the deal done. Pay the players. 
Mahomes is <laughs> Mahomes is only making fifty million dollars a year. It's a bargain. Where's that money going? It's a bargain. It's the best contract in sports. That's really, how much like really Kenny Pickett's going to be making in two years. It all comes back to Pickett. Um, all right. All right, pal. Well, uh, we'll be back next week with more. I'll be going through the South. We going through the South. I'm cooking. going to Taylor Swift next week. I don't know if I'll be here. What? Yeah. In Denver? Uh, Los Angeles. Is Nora? Are you going with Nora? Uh, TBD. I mean, I'm going to see Nora, but we'll talk about her concert plans later offline. We don't know. That's TBD. Nora doesn't know. Okay. All right. TBD. TBD, but Nora wrote about music this week. So read the, check out the ringer tomorrow. Read Nora on the, uh, the music of the OC. I love it. Uh, thank you to Richie Bozik for production help. Thank you to the OC for entertaining me on the, the three times that I accidentally turned it on and watched 10 minutes of it. Uh, this has been slow news day on the ringer podcast. Network. Thank you.